This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Chandanan. Hello everybody, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and with me for today's review is Dinesha Kartigesu, who is a poet and a theatre maker. Good to have you back, Dinesha. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Always great to be here. So, um, I thought this is important to say. We're reviewing a play today and it's a play called Night Mother that was staged over the last weekend. And... It does deal with themes of suicide in quite an intense way. And so our review is actually going to be um, discussing some of those things. So just fair warning if that's something that you're concerned about. Now, to get to the play itself, it was staged by PH7 Production Management. Um, it's a play by, it's actually a Pulitzer winning play by Marsha Norman, written back in the 80s. It's called Night Mother. And To give you a rough frame of where it begins, it essentially starts with um, a mother-daughter pair, uh, Thelma and Jessie. Jessie's the daughter, who um, are in their apartment and Jessie essentially reveals to her mother that she intends to take her own life by the end of that night. And so this sparks a um, obviously a very emotional and intense conversation between the two of them. And that's what the rest of the play is about. Dinesha, I, I thought we'd start off with, um, I, I said intense, I must have said it a few times actually. Um, and certainly for me, it was a very intense viewing experience. Um, I was wondering what you took away or rather what your your emotional response to this play was. I, I think the word intense is very accurate, Shamila. I think anybody who I spoke to on the night I viewed it, all had all would have had the same reaction. All of us felt it was very intense. Um, very fast, you would realize that you know why this play is a Pulitzer Prize winning play. The, the writing is splendid. Um, the way the story unravels and reveals things about these characters who are seen on stage and never seen on stage is very detailed. You get a full picture of this family and their life. And it's all just done by two actors on stage. So it's a very intense play. It's very well written. And it's also very well acted. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think so much to appreciate and uh, dive into with this uh, with this production. It was directed by Pat Gui, um, and and as we've said, it's written by an American playwright, Marsha Norman. And in this version, in the local staging, it was performed uh, by Sukanya Venugopal playing Thelma, the mother, and Anita Abdul Hamid who played Jesse, the daughter. And as you said, great performances. Um, and I think they really brought the the weight of these words, these these amazingly written words, these stories to life. But I will say that it's not a play that it's easy to say I enjoyed watching. And that goes back to the themes because it very much dives into these themes of suicide, yes, but more specifically themes of um, intention, uh, mental health and, and um, rights in, in terms of who gets to say, uh, you know, who gets to say what choices one should make and how when you are emotionally attached to somebody, when you're in someone's family, when you share a history with someone, what your responsibility is, what your um, ability is to do anything in these circumstances. And so none of these things are easy to watch or easy to listen to. Um, And, you know, in an odd way, uh, being performed so well makes it even less easy to, to sort of take in. Agreed, because you can't run. 
you can't run yes. away. It's almost like you're, you're, you're trapped in this, in this environment where these two family members are talking about something that is very real, very human and very painful. And like you said, because it's so well acted and I think it's so well written, um, it makes it, I want to say, a hundred times more intense because you are you're there and it's and I think when you know when people talk about um, suicide in work and theater and things like that, I, I think with this play, like you say, we we go from ideation to talking about it to actually it, the actual suicide itself to impact and this play attempts to show it from A to Z, you know, and um, that that does bring up some concerns as well about. I guess, responsibility when it comes to theatre making and art making. And um, I'm curious what you think about that. Absolutely. This was one of, um, I think this was one play that made me think a lot about um, creating the right space and the right environment to put on a play like this. I'm not at all saying, oh, um, you know, shows that deal with difficult, intense themes um, shouldn't be performed. Not at all. That is not where I stand. But I do think that when you take on something like this, something which uh, potentially could have real world repercussions in terms of the audience experience and what they take away from it, it is the responsibility of the the makers um, and the and the people who are putting out this this play to adequately prepare the audience. I think and. I'm glad you brought this up because I do feel like, even for me, um, I knew the synopsis of the play, but I've never watched a staging of it and I never um, dived deep into what people might have taken away from it. No, even knowing the synopsis, I went in and um, it was a lot. It was a lot to put uh, to to take in. So I do wonder because, to my knowledge, a lot of the publicity material, and certainly there was no um, the equivalent of a trigger warning given before the production started. At least not in the night that I went to. Um, I feel like some of these things might have had to be done a little more intentionally, with a little bit more. Um, I want to say make it more obvious without sounding without sounding um, sort of simplistic. I do feel like there needed to be a more obvious and clear message sent to the audience in terms of what they are getting themselves into. Agreed, because I think I remember because I didn't know what it was about, um, and you know I'd gone to the ticketing page and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't know what this story is about apart from the fact that it's about a mother and a daughter, and it's called Night Mother. Uh, that was all I was able to do. And I only knew it was about suicide on the day of watching. And because someone else had told me about it. And uh, I remember speaking to friends on the night I watched who had absolutely no idea. And it completely took them by surprise. And I think with plays that um, it, it, it does, that I think it's a very fine line between like overly spoiling a play and also ensuring that there's proper trigger and content warnings. But I think for a play that deals with this theme so much i don't think it's a spoiler i think it, it needs to be audiences need to be ready and mentally prepared for uh, what they're about to witness and what they're about to see and i've, I've been I've, I've taken it upon myself to tell every single friend who's watching it and be like by the way this is what you should know like this is all the things like these are some things about play it does do it's suicide it is heavy and i do wish that that was conveyed better in um, in publicity, in any kind of press that was put out, in even the ticketing page. I think just a simple uh, content warning of some sort would have created a safer space for audiences to come in and experience a good play. Because it, it unfortunately can take away a bit of the, from the experience. Oh, um, yes, because I think 
you spend at least the first half um, of the sh- of the show. At least I certainly did contending with what you're watching because because you're you're now a bit scared almost that it's going to get worse and it in some ways it actually does so it is a, you said trapped right um and it's a good thing that you feel like a a play has created such a visceral response but it also did feel like i was almost blindsided because i didn't expect such an intense emotional reaction also the fact that it's being staged in the middle of a pandemic so i feel like it's a time when a lot more people are perhaps um mental health wise emotionally not the strongest um have perhaps been contending with feelings of um you know all sorts of difficult feelings right and so even more so i think watching it at this point in time uh, did make me think oh this this needed to perhaps have been set up a little better uh, for the audience to understand what they are committing themselves to yeah and you know in even in publicity it does look like the director pat goy has always been fascinated by this play right uh it's it's a play you know i i think when when directors choose plays sometimes the plays resonate very strongly with you and then you hold on to it and you're like i just cannot wait to stage it and that's what it seems to sound like for pat um but you're right when it comes to the fact that you know we just finished 2 years of a pandemic it's a new year i don't and you know we are we're off some floods and people people are not necessarily in the most hopeful of mindsets So to have this play staged in January 2022 in Klang Valley, I are questions I find myself asking as an audience member. Why now? Why this play? Um, why this choice? To be fair to the creative team, um, I do think that maybe this play has been in work for a while. You know, maybe the lockdown and the pandemic has thrown off their schedule as well. Theatre is in flux, um, so it's it's a bit hard to blame them. But I think it really just comes back to what you said earlier that. if you have decided to stage a play like this and you know its subject matter to just figure out a better way of setting it up for your audiences so that they can appreciate the play in a way that isn't forcing them to also contend with their own psyche i think even more so because and i can't say this enough actually the outcome is kind of amazing um it's such a great script um again and we said we talked about the performances we'll get into it more after this uh, so this is actually not because the play didn't work it's almost because the play worked a little too well uh, that i feel like this is the impact that we need to perhaps safeguard some members of the audience against we are reviewing night mother which was staged over the weekend it starred suganya venugopal and anita abdul hamid let us know uh, have you been back to the theater what are some performances that you've caught you can whatsapp us 0187898899 tweet us at bfm radio you're listening to everyone's a critic jointly presented with chindan be free minded bfm 89.9 You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chintana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I have with me Dinesha, who is a theatre maker and a poet. And together we're reviewing Night Mother. It was staged over the weekend, um, starring Suganya Venugopal, Anita Abdul Hamid, directed by Pat Gui. Uh, it is Pat's debut uh, directorial uh, production. And uh, we spent quite a bit of time earlier, I think, setting up that uh, this is indeed quite a uh, difficult subject matter. It does deal with themes of suicide. So if you didn't catch the first half of the show, just... saying that once again um i wanted to get into the performances which um 
by and large, were really fine and really well done. I think the embodying of these um, conversations, the way the both the actresses took on the role of this mother and daughter who are facing some real demons from their past, um, I enjoyed it a lot. There are some issues I have with the performance, but I thought I'll, I'll let you have your say first. Yes, I really did enjoy it. So I've... I've I guess had the pleasure of being like a, a fanboy of Sukanya for a while. So I sort of went in being like, okay, this we're gonna see Sukanya do a great job. And she did. And but for me, I think the biggest surprise was actually Anita, because I've never had the privilege to watch Anita perform before. And to just have these two actors go at it from you know from beginning till end for an hour, 45 minutes or so, I just remember thinking, I cannot think, unfortunately of two other actors who could hold us for that an hour, 45 minutes. Because it's not easy to, to hold an audience, to captivate an audience with just two actors on stage constantly. And, it, and, it's, and it's a relatively bad stage, if you think about it. It's not some extravagant set. Um, there are very few actual move, movement set pieces. So the fact that these two actors were able to just hold us and captivate us for an hour, 45 to me, it was amazing because I'm just like, when was the last time I saw a two-hander captivate me like this? It's a it's a bare set. It's also a very mundane set. It's essentially just uh, the inside of a of a home, um, you know, a living room and a kitchen area, and they basically navigate this entire fraught conversation that they have within this space, which starts feeling more and more claustrophobic as the play gets along. Um, and they do such a good job. Um, they they're obviously playing women of very different ages, um, and you know, the body language was so great. I also thought how. Um, how infrequently we get to see stories of women, but older women, and an opportunity to see um, older actresses kind of essay their craft in, in such an amazing way. I also haven't seen Anita perform before. Suganya, I am a, I'm, I'm a big fan of her work. So it was actually a real pleasure watching these two actresses take on this amazing script. Um, I will say, though, um, the play itself is set in, in the US and the two characters, as well as their entire family, who, who we only hear about, are all, all from the South in, in the US. I wasn't a fan of the choice to have them have Southern accents. I felt like that didn't work for me in the play. Um, and it felt like something that was actually unnecessary. It could have been done away with without changing much about the play itself. So for me, that was a, a big miss because the performances were so good, but the accents kept distracting me. Same. I, I, I remember in the first five minutes when I first heard the accent, my immediate thought was, oh no. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna watch an hour forty five minutes of accents like like I'm 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 immediately taken out of this world for a bit and to the credit of the writing and the performances there were definite moments when I forgot there were accents that I was in the world I was very much listening to what was happening but because the accents were not just foreign to what I feel the actors, but also foreign to us as a Malaysian audience, it's it's a bit hard for us to really be captured by some of the heaviest stuff because the accents, unfortunately, I will say, are not the most consistent uh, between both performers, unfortunately, just because sometimes emotions take over and the accents are not consistent. And every time it would waver, I'm reminded, oh, there's an accent. They are using an accent. And so that is a question that I do I do have for, I guess, the production team and the creative team on why the accent was necessary. 
could it, uh, like you said, have not been done away with a neutral accent, a Malaysian accent? Um, I am genuinely curious if that was something could have done because it would have made a completely different experience for our audience members in, in terms of what we would have received. But the accents were definitely... Um, the question, unfortunately. Yeah, and and you, I mean, you mentioned that they wavered, and I think that's actually the main thing, right? Um, they weren't consistently authentic, and and look, a Southern American accent isn't the easiest to to kind of hold on anyway. And you're right that it feels additionally a little odd for us to be hearing it performed by two Malaysian actresses. So it it perhaps required too much of a suspension of disbelief from us to the point of being distracting. I realised that for me, it took me maybe about halfway into the play before I think my brain just decided to tune it out, to tune out the accent. So um, as the play got more um, intense and more um, serious and absorbing, I think it, it allowed me to kind of set the accent aside in some way. But definitely I, I struggled. And like you, in certain key moments when the emotionality was high, the accents would kind of drop. And then again, I'd be reminded, oh, I don't I don't enjoy this aspect of this and I wish it wasn't there. Um, I had a question about the staging because uh, it is, I think, by necessity, a very uh, simply set show. But um, I was wondering whether you would have liked it to perhaps be a little bit more, um, I suppose, play around with the staging itself, perhaps play around with lighting or, or sound, because it was a very, um, I don't want to say bare bones, because there's been effort made into creating a sort of reality. But it was a very subtle and, and sort of straightforward idea of how to stage a play like this. Yeah, I so th that's interesting when you think about it, because I feel like lately, at least within the Malaysian theatre scene, purely from necessity, I feel like we've been seeing more minimal sets. Like unless it's a big production company, you, you tend to get, I want to say really minimal sets, like so one or two. So for me, watching this with a relatively full set in the sense we have sofas and paintings, and I think all are wonderfully sponsored by SSF Home, as they say at the beginning of the play. Um, it really just made me feel like I was in someone's house. And so I appreciated the set for the perspective that it's been a while since we saw a set like this, at least in my Malaysian theatre viewing experience, because we really tend to be going experimental and minimalist lately. Um, I will say, I was actually thinking about what Pat as a director, you know, coming from this background of like, I think 13 over years as a stage manager, she clearly knows the stage. You know, you could see the technical finesse that would come into play in terms of the way the blocking is set, the way the lights would work and things like that. Is this um, lighting and stage design that a, a more, I want to say, what's the word, and a theatre director who you've seen very often would do? Probably not. And I think that's what makes it also interesting because, because of the way she's coming into directing. So it makes for a very different theatre experience. You're absolutely right. Um, because for me... Um I almost didn't care that the stage was kind of static because of how well the how well the as you said the blocking the movement uh, the actors made full use of every inch of that space right and um, and that space was just filled with emotions in a very particular way whether it's you know making hot chocolate or looking into the fridge or taking garbage out suddenly all of these like very very daily chores. Um, 
started feeling like loaded and and that was a very clever use of that space so i don't think i i have criticism as such i think it was just interesting that they went with what was perhaps a deceptively straightforward approach to setting but it ended up being actually quite interesting i um not to close on a, on a on a financial note, as it were, but I did want to bring up something that I've heard, at least anecdotally, people comment on, uh, which was that this was a play um, that is on the higher end in terms of the ticket prices. Um, and I was wondering uh, what you what you thought about that, because I certainly was surprised when I saw the ticket price, especially for a two-hander play, especially for um, a play that's being staged in a, um, not not in that sort of lavish musical theatre, huge um, you know, production sense. I did think that I, I wish that perhaps the tickets were more accessible because I, I do think this is a play that's worth more people watching. Perhaps not at this time, but definitely more people watching. Yes, I definitely had conversations with colleagues and friends who had that similar perception anecdotally of uh, why is the play so expensive? And I, I tried to, you know, I think as producer, I think I, I tried to run the numbers. Like, was the royalty expensive? Were the actors expensive? I tried to run the numbers and I couldn't quite figure out what was the the, the missing piece here. Um, but yes, I, I do think it is on the higher end. I will say though, unfortunately with, with, with higher-end plays, it does attract a very different set of audiences, you know, because people have to be able to afford it, you know, to come and watch. And I, I do wonder what that is like for a... How does it change a theatre-going audience? Do you get less people then? Do you have someone who is uh, upper-middle class? And would an upper-middle class person perhaps have easier ways to access... It, it? I think it brings up so many questions on who their audience were. And um, I again, we always come back to why this play? Why now? Why this? There's a lot of questions. And I think anybody who is listening to this, if, if you're wondering, why are they questioning the play so much? I, I, I think it's because of all these like external factors that are coming into play. But that's not to take away from the fact that it is a great play. It's got great performance. It's got great directing. And I think that's why we question it even more. Agreed. Um, I wanted to close exactly on that note, which is to say... Um, I I am glad I watched this play or I had the opportunity to watch it being performed because of how great a script it is and we were lucky to get such good performers doing it. Uh, but I sort of wish that I had caught it when I was in a better... I was in a better space. We collectively were in a better space um, and perhaps with a little bit of setting up into what I was getting myself into. Thank you, Dinesha, for reviewing this with me. Thank you for having me. We've been talking about Night Mother, which was staged over the weekend, directed by Pat Gui. Let us know uh, if you've been back to the theatre, what you've been watching. You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Everyone's a critic. Jointly presented with Chendana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, visit www.baskl.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.